What's up, everyone? Welcome to 613 Sports. This is your boy, Carp and Vanier. I've got a special episode for you guys tonight. I got my boy, Worry. Yes, sir. What is up, baby? I had to get my Kawhi Leonard. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's up, man? All right. Welcome to 613 Sports, man. I know I was on your, your podcast a few weeks ago uh, with the NBA Finals. Uh, so it's my turn to have you on mine. Um, I got a good show for us uh, planned uh, for today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA awards. Uh, I want to get your take on uh, the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame inductions. We're going to talk a little bit about NBA, NFL. Lots of stuff coming up uh, for this uh, for this one, guys. Uh, very excited. Very excited. Uh, so where do you want to get started, Worry? Um. You know, like you said, there's a lot on the agenda today. I just want to throw a quick jab at you quickly. You remember on our last episode, we had talked about uh, we had talk about the U.S. women soccer team, right? And, of course, how much you were such a big fan, sarcastically, of course, of their celebration after destroying the Thailand team. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but their following game, I believe they won 3-0. Did you, like, did you like the golf clap that they did? Oh man, that was um that was some that was that was that was definitely something. I mean, uh them doing that after all the criticism they got for celebrating um in the in the in game 1 definitely something uh to come out with a golf clap. Um I think that is actually brilliant. I'm not going to lie, I actually did like like that one. Thank you. Um, with the golf clap. You know what? I knew I knew you would it would give you it would make you chuckle a little. Uh and, yeah. and I loved it. I loved it. They actually listened to the criticism. They came back. And you know what? I won't say anything because I'm not gonna assume, but I'm sure you felt maybe you might have went in a little too hard. I mean I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna backtrack on anything I said because I stand by my grumpy old man views on that. But I did like the celebration they did after uh, in that in their next game in the three nothing game uh, where they just did the golf clap. I did like it. It doesn't add to their class, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. It's just as bad as them celebrating a nine nothing goal with a bicycle kick in the air. But I mean, it, it's it was perfect. It was just perfect. It was well played, well played. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, so before we get before we get on the agenda, I have one more question for you yeah. because uh, as we as we all know, U.S. Uh, play against France uh, tomorrow in the quarters. That's a great game, by the way. Um, the Fr- oh, that's going to be a fantastic game. Um, the Fr- U.S. is obviously number one. But the French are ranked at the three spot, I think, in the world right now. And they are very young. And they're actually supposed, supposedly going to be, like, the next big thing. Uh, just like the men are. The women's program is just outrageous right now. Uh, what do you think on that game tomorrow? So, great point, by the way. Uh, 100%. This is the game I'm really looking the most forward to, to be frank with you. It's just a great match. Like, this is like a final. This is supposed. This is supposed to be a final right here. Hundred percent. I'm actually really excited about it. Uh, you know, to be frank with you, I've been very disappointed in myself. I haven't made an effort to watch a lot of the women's games, but I've been following, looking at the highlights. Um, and uh, and yeah, to be honest, I'm really looking forward to it. I look. I feel like my heart wants to go with France. We've seen the U.S. dominate for so long. 
we know how good they really are. But I just think France is kind of the, you know, these, they're the girls on a mission. And I'm hoping they can pull it off. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, it's one of these. It's a great job. You just hope for a great game. And honestly, may the best team win. I just hope it's not like uh, the World Cup from uh, two World Cups ago where it was a Bra- Brazil versus Germany where like everyone was expecting this to be like one hell of a game and just Germany just dominated. I hope it's not one of those unless it's on the French side. But can I be frank with you? I remember that World Cup clearly. I'm a Brazil fan. Uh, even as a kid, I always grew up, always been a Brazil fan. I haven't been really, how do I say, really impressed or really enjoyed them in the last maybe seven, eight years. Mainly Neymar, but mm-hmm. but the truth is that <laughs> if you really followed soccer, there's no reason for you to think that was a great game. I felt like the media hyped it up a lot, but truthfully, as you watch Brazil play, they are not on the same level as Germany. They were literally three tiers below. And to be honest, what was it? Seven one was the was the was the outcome. It probably should have been 30. Yeah. it probably should have been fifteen fifteen to one, to be frank. It, mm-hmm. I wasn't shocked. I made sure not to wear any Brazil attire when I went to watch. <laughs> to make sure I know this was coming in it was just a better team but of course we hope it's not but all signs if we look at the if we look at the the first uh, group stages and then the the, yeah. the round of uh, 16s all signs seems to point that this should be a hell of a game as we're seeing oh, yeah. in the world compete so one more thing Justin I know I know we got a lot on the agenda but I did want to touch on this um of course Canada got eliminated we yeah. have to talk about it. That penalty kick. What did you make of the decision? I have a lot to say about this. I said it on my podcast uh, this past. Sorry, I said it on my podcast uh, not too long ago. I was very disappointed. I was very disappointed. But I'll let you go. I'll let you go first. Now, my view on it is: you've got one of the greatest goal scorers in women in women's soccer history with Christine St. Clair. Um, she is arguably one of the greatest strikers in the world. Um, and she went up uh, with an opportunity to tie the game for Canada, right? Um, against a goalie that she's faced multiple times before and doesn't have good success beating. Um, so, Going up into that with very little confidence, I don't doubt her for wanting to pass it along. Now, you you made a good point um, the other day uh, when we were talking uh, off record, and it was the fact that she is two goals away from the record. And it, this could be potentially her final world competition. Mm-hmm. So taking the shot to try and move on and try and continue on, as one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. I, I'm a little disappointed she didn't take the shot. Now, I do commend her for realizing her limitations and realizing, look, I don't have a good record against this keeper. You have Maybe you can have a better shot at, at beating him. Now, you made a good point uh, the other day as well with the comments that she made that um, she would never change. She, her penalty is, the great, is essentially perfect. Um, and she doesn't. And she's not interested in changing. You're talking Jen and Becky, of course. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, I'm. Not, I don't agree with that philosophy. And if that is her ph- philosophy, then I'm. I guarantee you that keeper knows every single tendency that she has because she doesn't want to change. So 
I guarantee you that she knew that more than likely that shot was going to go in that corner because that's what she always does. So I'm a little disappointed in that as well, especially hearing that portion of things. I do commend Christine Sinclair for trying something different, something out of the box, uh, where she knows she doesn't have a good track record against this keeper. But if that was really the view of the of the shooter that ended up taking the shot, I'm sorry that that's not a good decision in that case. You know, uh, so I think we we mirror a lot a lot of the same sentiments. Um, to start off, I agree with you. I see nothing wrong with with Christine St. Clair's decision. You're the captain. Matter of fact, people look up to you. It actually shows a level of trust in your teammates. I think it's a great thing from a sportsmanship standpoint to see her being the legend that team, being the big name that she is, being pretty much the face of the of the Canadian team to offer that to a young up-and-comer who's supposed to be the next face of Canada is great. Mm -hmm. The problem that I have is this. This is Canada's best chance to actually end up at the podium. At the podium. Oh, yeah. In this World Cup. This is Christine Sinclair, most likely, and I hope to God it is her last run at a World Cup. I love Christine Sinclair. I think she's a legend. I'm, I'm not even saying women, just men, just soccer in general. Oh, she is. But... What she's able to do for the Canadian game? No, I we, we you, you already know where I stand on this. I honestly, I, I've watched mm. Christine Sinclair play for the last eight to ten years. The utmost respect for her. The problem that I have is this: with all the things I just said, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pretty much sync with the shit. And at this point, there is no better moment for you to overcome your demons than to take that penalty shot, right? Back to your point about Janine Becky, because I read the article and I was so shocked and baffled to hear her say this. Just the sheer hubris, the arrogance for her to say, uh, I'm very confident in my penalty shot. I never change. It is to me sounds very, not childish, but just amateurish. It is I think, I think, worry, just sorry to interrupt you on this one here, but I think it's just that, that whole young gun type of athlete. Like, for those of you who listen to my podcast, you guys all know that I went off on Strowman for the last two days, like off on him with the comments that he's been making about the, with the Toronto media. So I think it's just that young athlete generation right now that just are so arrogant and think they're top of the world because they're professional athletes, because they are considered essentially gods in our community 100 percent. and you touched on it when you said or when you were talking about earlier you know the tendencies first of all these are professionals this is the the biggest stage there is scouting reports on every single player at the same way i'm sure there's a scouting report on the goalie so you know the fact that they have faced this thing before matter of fact they faced that same swedish team four months ago went to penalties and and of course janine becky made her shot and guess what she did? Kicked it in the same corner. And the goalie, I read yeah. her comments afterwards. She said she knew where she was going. She dove there. She just made sure she stretched more to make sure that she stopped it as she did in the last time. And it's like, yeah. and to me, it just, uh, I just, uh, I'm sorry. It really infuriates me. Because you know this is one of those, you've played sports, I've played sports. It's one of these, those where doesn't matter if it's a week oh. away, a year removed. You, this haunts you. Word, word, word. I'll give you an example. I, as everyone knows, I played college baseball uh, in the States. And we literally go into a series with a record on 
by the time you're a senior in, in college, mm-hmm. I could go back to every single tendency you've had against uh, in the in the league throughout, throughout your entire collegiate career. And I could be there before a game reading up on you yep. and have a game plan for all nine batters as a catcher on how I'm going to pitch them. And then after every inning, I could go back to the game sheet, look at what you did in your last at-bat, what pitches I threw you in what locations, and remember how silly you looked on a curveball in the dirt on an 0-2 pitch. So you know what? I'm going to throw that to you again on an 0-2 pitch. See if you've learned. Yeah. No, I I couldn't agree with you more. But before we get our blood pressure up, (laughs) let's go back to Yes, yes, yes. It's kind of refreshing to see actually being on the same page for once. (laughs) Right, right, right. Okay. So, first on the agenda, let's talk about the NBA Awards uh, that happened last week. Um, Our boys, my boy Siakam, who I said was going to be an X Factor in the finals, won most improved player, uh, which is great, great, great. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was awesome to watch him improve this year. Um, Not only improved his defensive game, but uh, which was the highlight of his season, but also improved his offensive game as well. And even when they got Marc Gasol and he kind of had a bench side seat for most of the time, he still worked hard on it and got better. Yeah, and just like you said, right, even with the acquisition of Marc Gasol, he's seen five ways to stay productive. And as much as, as, much as I'm sure you might have anticipated, and I did too, that he was going to take a back seat, but I felt Nick Nurse didn't really do a lot of that. He just really lose no. Gasol at the top of the three. He would take open threes. Other than that, he would pass the ball and just run a play, run a pick. And I think that allowed see that opened up the floor for Siak because Valanciunas oh, shoot the threes and at least not as well as as Mark Gasol. And it opened up the floor for Siak yeah. and Nick Nurse really entrusted him a lot. And I think that's the big reason why uh, I completely agree with you. Deservingly, he won the most of the year. Next up is my boy. Which, by the way, I predicted two years ago that Yanni Kumpo would be the face of the league. I still stand by this. I oh, really yeah. believe that two years from now, LeBron will have to relinquish that title of the best player in the world. And I think Yanis is that next guy. The man, not it. Listen, I know James Harden had amazing years, historical year. Average 36 points for Christ's sake. That's amazing. What do, you expect, what do you expect from a guy that takes every single shot from the team? Well, this is what's funny. Keep in mind, he is actually his usage rate is is a lot. Let's agree on that. But he's not taking all the shots because the reason the Houston Rockets were so successful is because they were creating a lot of three pointers and making a lot of them, right? But this is my that's true. Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't have the three point ability that James Harden or some of his teammates have, right? However, no. what is amazing is you look at the rate he was scoring in the paint. They were saying the only man who compared was Shaquille O'Neal. The guy running yeah. the point at 6'11", let's be honest, he looks more like seven foot, right? Seven foot is running the point, creating shots. Oh, yeah. The difference to me why he's the MVP over James Harden, he's defense. The man is the only player in the NBA that can literally guard all five positions without exception. From Oh, yeah, 100%. Even to the biggest 100%, like- league. And, the, and what he does at the rim, protecting the rim, uh, altering shots, I think is the reason why, to me, He's this year's MVP. So happy for him. I don't know if you saw his speech. A great emotional speech. Uh, really happy for him. Man. Yeah, it was. And honestly, his story is just one, one for the books. 
Oh, 100%. I did agree as well. Um, the Greek freak, as they call him, um, he is definitely the MVP from the season. He played, he did very well. He took, I mean, he carried Milwaukee to where they got to, to the Eastern Conference final. Yeah. Like, he did everything in his power to get them to that point and almost got them over the hump. But Toronto was just too strong in that sense with Kawhi, just a man on a mission, Kyle play, figuring out his defensive game and everything like that. But you've got a guy that was on the first team all defense and first team all star in the same league in the same year, two years in a row. In a row. And that's why I'm telling you, he's the next guy. I have no doubt these stats will be the same as far as all NBA. All NBA and uh, sorry, as far as all NBA and all defensive team, I have no doubt he's gonna be there again next year, and I have no doubt he might oh, the next three. To I, have, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that when we, in fifteen years from now, when we look on uh, Basketball Reference, like we did the uh, a few days ago, um, and we pulled up everybody's stats and everything yep. like that to see really the greatest of all time kind of thing. And we could talk, we can go into an episode about that in a, on a later date. But when, when I guarantee you in 15 years from now, we're going to see probably all defensive team 14 out of 15 years, maybe even 15 out of 15 years and more than likely all NBA at least 12 years in a row. 100%. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh... You know, I don't want to spend too much time on every single award. I'm sure Rookie of the Year, you have the same. You have the same as me. Luca is very much deserving. Me. So, matter of fact, I could make yeah. a case that he should have been an all-star this year. I love this kid's game. He's so young, yet so confident. And also, he plays the game so easily. But I just want to say I did lose $25 because I did bet on Trey Young <laughs> in the season. But my respect to Trey Young. Uh, I thought Trey Young, the second half of the season, he was a man of the mission. He played at an all-star level the second half of the season. I'm just mm-hmm. but I'm kind of I, I'm surprised but impressed to see that Luka Duncic got 98 first place vote out of 100. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Um, so, yeah. Did you have any of the awards you disagreed with? Um, no, not really. All the awards, I think, uh, were well-deserved and everything like that. Um, I mean, the end, it, it seems a lot like the NBA awards. Um, I don't this is the first year I really followed it. So it really, I wasn't too, too sure on most of the awards and everything like that. But when I look at the NBA awards and the way it's been awarded and everything, it is a lot less political than the NHL awards and everything like that. But that we can get into a little bit later because I do want to get into your thoughts on the hockey hall of fame inductions versus the NBA hall of fame inductions and everything like that. Um, but yeah, um, anyways, well, let's move on from the awards here. Um, because there is another thing I want to talk to you about in regards to the NBA that was announced during or shortly after the awards, and that was um, the thought of from the commissioner of splitting the regular season up and making two sections of uh, 40, 46, uh, 44 games uh, where each team plays on um, away and, a ho- and home against each team once in the first half, a mini tournament with the best 10 teams, and then the second half of the season with a playoffs at the end. What do you think of that? I hate it. Uh, keeping it very simple, I'm going to be very honest with you. I hate it. I hate it, and I'll tell you why. People are – so when the commissioner does that, he's trying to do that to give more interest to the game, right, uh, to give more mm-hmm. to another tournament, uh, So and also to kind of deter people from tanking, right? 
but this is the problem. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, no, it, it's it's mainly mainly to deter people from sitting their star players, especially the top of the league. When it's when you get to the halfway point of the season and you've already clinched a playoff spot, right? You start sitting your 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 star players to rest them up. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and we understand those concerns. But this is the problem I'm having. There are already awards for do for the regular season. There's a regular regular season award. There's a divisional. Yeah. There's divisions in the NBA for a reason. Some guys won yeah. championships. The Raptors had one, I think, what was it, three or four or five in a row? Five of division championships, yeah. right? Some teams, it matters to them, right? Now, what I think the NBA yeah. should do is look at, is look at the, the divisions and make this matter maybe a little bit more. If you are fourth, so I'll give you an example. Let's say you're the fourth in the yeah. East, but you're the first in your division. And then there's a team that's second in, in the in the East, but they were second in their division. I think that first in the division should get a higher seating from a playoff standpoint. There's ways to work around it, but creating this this midseason uh, competition, uh, you know, championship to me it's BS. I get it. I love Adam Silver. I think he's one of the most progressive and proactive commissioners, probably the best commissioner in sport. Uh, I don't think there's even any argument uh, as far as that goes. No. I love that he's always forward thinking, trying to think other ways to innovate the game, to get more visibility, make the game bigger. But I just think this is a terrible idea. I'm one that sports a legal tradition, and I think the tradition of the division championship, the conference championship, and then, of course, the NBA championship is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. Guys really don't care about the regular season. Do you really think players are going to bust their ass to win a midseason championship when they have a chance of winning the NBA championship? Do you really think that they're going to play no. Leonard, who's known to have the injury, just so they can win a midseason championship when they know they were no. to win a championship? No, I just don't see it. I'm not a fan of it. I'm completely against it. And, uh, and honestly, I really hope that a few, you know, level-headed people deter him from that idea. Here, here's here's a proposal for you, Worry. What do you think of this? Now, in in baseball, in pro baseball, in double at the double A level, um, you have at the mid at the All Star break, the top team of each division, uh, or the top team of the league. Sorry, not the top team of each division, but the top team of the league uh, wins the wins the the mid season, and they get an automatic buy into the second round. No, sir. No, sir. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's even worse. No, definitely not. Because this is the problem. But then, the problem with this is, look, I look at every season, whether it's football, whether it's NHL, whether it's hockey. I'm oh, sorry, right, I already said NHL. Whether it's NBA, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a marathon, right? It's a marathon. Yeah, I agree. That's why you made the point about benching star players at the end of the season. We all know why. We saw what happened to Kevin Durant. We saw what happened to a lot of players that got injured because they got overused in the regular season. We see James Harden literally yep. gas out at the end of the playoffs because of the usage. So, yep. so I just don't see it. And especially giving someone – so this is really what you're doing. I'll give you an example. The Lakers acquired Anthony Davis, right? And a lot of teams yep. this year are going to change their core roster, right? Now, yep. now if they're lucky enough – the chemistry may be right away, and they may be, you know, dominant, dominant. But if they're not lucky, you remember Miami their first year, it took a while for them to get their chemistry. 
right? Well, remember as well, they've got $34 million on their cap right now that, that they've just freed up in just all the trades that they've done. And Anthony Davis waving his $4 million bonus. I cannot wait. I am so pumped for a season. But, oh, same here. But back to my point, because this is the thing. What if teams had the same four? Let's say a team like the Clippers, right? Let's say a team like, uh, like Brooklyn Nets. Let's say these teams keep their same core. Therefore, the chemistry is already there. They're used to the coach. Their style of play is the same. Let's say the first half of the season, they dominate. And let's say they shit the bed the second half of the season. So now we're a team that probably ends up in the seventh spot with an automatic buy to the second half? I don't know. I just... No, that's fair. That, that, that's a fair assessment, and, and, and that's true. And, and we've seen it a lot in the past in sports where teams in last place, like, for example, St. Louis Blues this year, they were in last place in the league yeah, was, at Christmas. That was impressive. They were last place in the league at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they won the fucking Stanley Cup. That's impressive. And I think this even adds more validity to my point, right? Because let's say St. Louis ended up being third, like third ranked. In that, in that conference. And let's say that gave them a higher seating. It's not fair that, I'm sorry, I don't recall who was, who was first at the midseason, that they get an automatic buy in the second round. And on top of that, you know how much of an I'm sorry. How much of an advantage is it not having to play in a seven-game series? That's way too much. That's true. That's true. Okay, I, I, I will concede my proposal. That, that, is, tr- that is a fair, fair point. A um, little bit different in baseball with the with the way the everything works. So I, I do concede my proposal. You are right. I will concede that. Um, so let's let's move on now. Um, so to the Hall of Fame aspect of things, as I was mentioning before, uh, the NHL Hall of Fame was just uh, announced um, on yeah two days ago, in fact. Um, and. I just wanted to get your view. I know you're not a hockey guy, uh, but uh, the NBA Hall of Fame came out in April uh, with their selection for this year's inductees. Um, And what do you think of the selections for the NBA NBA before we get into the NHL with Jones, Moncrief, uh, Sigma, and West West Pole? So so when we talk about the the NBA inductees for the Hall of Fame, um, this year was an interesting year, right? And the reason I say that, mm. well, I feel like most years it is because it doesn't matter what sport, there's always some guys that slide in there. And, you know, unless you're a historian of the game, you're not really going to know. You're not really going to know some of these guys. I've done my research. Like, personally, I don't know. I don't know any. Mo Creef is the only one that really rings a bell to me. Like, I don't know anyone, uh, any of the other three. You know, it's one of these things like, listen, like me, I love the game of basketball. I've done my research throughout the throughout the years. I've done my homework. I've learned a lot about the history of the game. Um, this year's uh, inducting all the fames. It's one of those where if you're of the game, you're those are names that you're familiar with, right? Like you mentioned, Sidney Moncrief, Jack Sigma, Vladi Divac were the headliners. So big names. None of the how would I say the fifty greatest players were there. Um, no. I do want to touch on those? You. NBA. Uh, there was a WNBA player that made it to Teresa Weatherspoon, very much deserving. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent. It really sucks that, NBA, that WNBA players aren't making the money they should be making. I'm not going to say deserve. And the reason I say deserve is you only deserve what you're able to get. And the sad truth is people aren't coming to the States to watch. 
No. Let's be honest. If there was a WNBA team here, I would go watch. I respect Oh, for sure. It's the same. Th- it's the same thing with women's hockey. Like, I, it, it is sad that the women's uh, pro league uh, folded because they did not have the funding. Yeah. No. You know the problem is the one thing I love is the NBA continues to push for it and continue to make it a priority. Uh-huh. That they're not getting that they're not getting the support from the fans, uh, which is the, yeah. the only thing. But going back on these, uh, the three main guys that headlined that headlined the Hall of Fame uh, in the Hall of Fame class of 2019, Vladi Divac. I'm sure you may remember him from his, uh, of course, about being traded for for Kobe, and yeah. right, and of course, the Sacramento. Uh, I'll tell you one thing though: he's certainly not getting the Hall of Fame for his job uh, managing the Sacramento Kings because I <laughs> he's been straight up trash, you know. Oh, yeah. These guys, I'm happy for them. It's not an exciting class. Nothing really too exciting to see. There's not a lot of great highlights I could show you of either of them that would make you, uh, you know, jump, jump out your seat. One thing I will say, I got great memories of uh, early 2000s, Lakers, Sacramento matchups. I remember Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, Peja uh, Stojakovic. Just some great matchups there. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, those playoff runs is what people are going to remember Vladdy Divac from. Uh, Divac from. Uh, for sure, for sure. Sidney Moncrief and Jackson uh, played in an era of time. Uh, Jackson, uh, I've been played uh, in a championship in 1979. Uh, he has great numbers, right? I mean, he's got 14, mm-hmm. 15 points, almost 10 rebounds, three assists. Uh, that's impressive. That's very good. And my understanding was in college, he was very dominant as well, averaging a, tr- a double-double. So that's that's all respect. And the truth is, the numbers certainly justify it, without a doubt. Sidney uh, great defensive player, two-time defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, he's been on the defensive team, I believe, uh, four times. Uh, so certainly has his place there. Um, I'll be frank, nothing too impressive. He averaged 15 points, four rebounds. Uh, you know, it, it hurts me when I see things like this. Previous yeah. episode, we debated if Kyle Lowry's a Hall of Fame, and I look at the thing like this, and it's like, Ugh. however, the man still did win two defensive players. I think his defensive prowess is a big Hall of Fame. I don't know. With, with, with that selection, it might push my way towards saying yes, maybe Kyle makes it in. But the, this class for the NBA, I was looking into it a little bit before the before uh, we started recording this, and. It reminds me a lot of the NHL uh, NHL um, Hall of Fame inductees for this year as well, because it wasn't a huge class. It was definitely a class where those guys that have been on the ballot for a long time, and you know what, maybe okay, yeah, you didn't do enough to get in, so maybe we could bring, uh, squeeze you in on this one here. Now the difference is that this this one here was very significant for the one uh, for the NHL for the ones in Ottawa because of Daniel Alfredson, right? Third year on the ballot, this was his time to go in, and he got the snub um, because they decided to go with one, first of all, Haley Weckenizer, that one there, Canada hockey. You, If you watch the Olympics for, for in Canada, you know who Haley Weckenizer is. Yeah, uh, yeah four-time gold medalist with Canada. Um, that one there, that's that's hands down. That's 
no questions asked. It's her first year on the ballot. In fact, she missed the call from the Hall of Fame because she was taking her med school exam. Oh, that's respect. Um, the other... The other inductees, um, Sergei Zuboff. Do you know who Sergei Zuboff is? I know you're not a big hockey guy, but do you know who Sergei Zuboff is? Mistake? Uh, no. Okay. Anyways, he's one of the greatest offensive defensemen of all time. Like that one there, hands down, Hall of Famer throughout his entire career. Uh, for those of you who want it more in depth, I touch it on my podcast from uh, yesterday. I think I went on went in on it. Um, so listen to that. I go into detail about that there. Um, but the two that really caught me, because these two guys, I guarantee yeah. you, you don't know. Guy Carboneau of the Montreal Canadiens in the mid-70s. Um, highlights of his career, six Stanley Cups on the third line of, an, of a dynasty with Maurice Richard, um, with Guy Lafleur, with all these, is like uh, Jacques, um, Ken Dryden and Nets. Like these are all first ballot Hall of Famers that went in before him. And he's a .5 points a game player. And Nidomansky, which is a pioneer, one of the pioneer Czech, uh, Czech players that came over into the NHL. So him, I you could debatably say yes. But here's the thing. And this I guarantee you, you're going to know these names. Because these are the guys they left off the in the ballot. They left off Keith, Keith Kachuk was on the ballot. Yeah. You know who Keith Kachuk is, right? Yeah. Daniel Alfredson was on the ballot. And of um, Theo Fleury was on the ballot. Curtis Joseph was on the ballot. Like, these are big-name guys that a lot of people around the NHL will know versus Guy Carboneau that, yes, people know Guy Carboneau for his defense, but he's not a Hall of no, you You don't know who Guy Carboneau is, right? No, I certainly don't. But let me make two points, Justin, and feel free to educate me a little bit. So the one thing I'm realizing is this, and it's funny because I almost made that same mistake having a conversation with someone about basketball. The difference is this, right? This is the hockey all of mm-hmm. I think at times, I, f- I find myself being guilty of this too. At times, I keep forgetting because the NHL is the major leagues. We forget it's not the NHL Hall of Fame, right? Because you mentioned Pete Carbono, and I was doing quick research while we speak, and I saw that the yeah. man played 19 seasons, I could be season is a lot in the NHL, right? It is. Right. It also, is. Uh, and has he won any Olympic medals or world Because that's the one thing. No. These- no, he does not. Because none of these guys have Olympic medals or anything like that. Because oh. back then, the NHL players were not allowed in the Olympics. Wow. So that, that says something, right? Because you had just mentioned me, what is it, three, four guys that were on teams with him that uh, won Stanley Cups with him. These guys made the Hall of Fame before him. So I can certainly see your point there. Um, I don't really, listen, I don't know enough to say. I want to say maybe it's longevity, maybe the consistency, but I certainly feel when you mentioned a guy like uh like Flurry, like Alfred, like uh like Alfie that didn't make the Hall of Fame, and we know what these guys have contributed to the game, what they mean, not just for some some of the fans, but to the game of hockey itself, that shocks me. Uh-huh. I do want to say one thing, though. I do see here that uh, Pittsburgh general manager Jim Rutherford was also inducted. Big shout-out. Yes. That I think is very deserving. Uh, listen, I don't shy away from telling you my knowledge of hockey go as far as Sidney Crosby is. <laughs> and I'm not willing to debate that with anyone. We'll leave it at that. But Jim Rutherford, uh, I've, I've known a bit. 
the, the truth is, is this. As much as I don't watch hockey, I've watched uh, the Detroit Pistons. They're, I don't want to say dynasty, but they had a very dominant period where I think it was for 10 seasons. Yeah. They had 50-plus wins. They were very con- – With uh, Wallace, Wallace uh, Manning the front on that one, that's right? right. So that's – I do remember that. That's something that I, I'm a big guy that, you know, when it comes to success, I respect success. Lord, uh, you know, we know how hard it is to get success in a lot of different fields. So when I see sustained success like this, that's something that impressed me. But Jim Rutherford has done an amazing job. And, uh, and honestly, just as general manager itself, I think the man, uh, congratulations to him. And I think he certainly deserves that nod. Agreed, agreed. He built a great team, especially at the beginning of the Crosby. Th- he Remember, he's the man who drafted uh, Marc-Andre Fleury first overall. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was a bit uh, controversial back then, right? Oh, 100%. Because uh, for a lot of Canadian hockey fans out there, they were, what they remember just before that draft with Marc-Andre Fleury is the Canada-U.S. gold medal game over time where he comes out of the net to play the puck and he shoots it directly into the pads of the American forward for checking and it goes in the nets wow. to win the game. Goddamn. Goddamn. Uh, and then he gets drafted first overall in that next draft. But, but yeah, you know, but I do want to go back to your point, man. You do certainly make a point. It is, especially when it's his third year, third year of eligibility, correct? Well, Sunday got got in first ballot, and Alfredson is much more decorated, is, the, in my opinion, a better player than Sundin. So You know what the sad thing is? We really should, and, and maybe we can talk on that on another episode, but we really should look into who votes for these Hall of Fame. And a lot of times what maybe um, may the age discrepancy, guys from different generation, probably is why they may overlook certain players and value others. And here's the thing, Worry. I know exactly who votes on them. It's very public with who votes on them um, in this sense here. However, the difference with the NHL Hall of Fame voting, which needs to change because it's archaic, Versus the MLB, the NFL, and the and um, MLB, NFL, and NBA, yeah, yeah. Uh, where all the writers come out publicly with who they voted for oh, so- and how many votes they got. So it's not- with the NHL, it is secret. That's not right. Yeah, so it's not transparent. And you know that thing. That's one of the no. It is behind closed doors and secret. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things these other sports did. I think it adds more. More, how do I say, not validity, more, but more credibility to those awards. Especially, like you're saying, the Hall of Fame is something so prestigious. Uh, I remember, la- not last year, but the year prior, when uh, Terrell Owens was, did not make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. First year of eligibility. And, man, I know it, it, it upset me. And I know a lot of people in the media were very upset. And I know a lot of those media members that did not vote for him caught a lot of flack, and they made sure to correct that the following year. 100%. 100%. All right, let's move on to the next topic of discussion. Um, NFL.com came out with their preseason rankings, uh, power rankings. Did you see that uh, today? Ooh, I got to be frank with you. I actually did not see it. NFL, you said? So, yeah, the NFL. So, a few few big notes uh, on that power ranking uh, here. So, they currently have the Saints at number one. Uh, because of Jared Cook, of their drafting of Jared Cook. Uh, uh, they say he's going to be a great player in the NFL. He's going. Um, he's not going to make it uh, – he might not make the, the start of opening day roster, but 
he said they're saying that by week two he should be in and and good and dominating in the NFL. Let me say one thing here: disrespect, total disrespect. First of all, what are we talking about here? The Saints need to move on from that terrible call that the refs made. Uh, we all agree that was a terrible call. They probably find it. It was. But first of all, the ageless wonder Tom Brady, right? Uh, like, oh, oh, let, let, let me let me hold you on there. Let me let me word. Let me let me go through the rest of the notables that I that I saw in the top ten here. Um, and then we could go off uh, on that because they have the your 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 Patriots. Just so everyone knows, War is a huge bandwagon Patriot fan. I'm kidding. I know you've been a Patriot fan, but I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um. Anyways, your Pats are at the number two spot. Um. My Colts are currently ranked at the number five spot. Um. With uh, with the drafting of uh, Campbell. Um, pushing them up uh, from Ohio State, uh, saying that uh, he actually might be surprisingly one of the secret weapons the Colts might have because of his speed. Um, then they've got uh, two two other notables in the top ten here that I am shocked are in the top ten, um, but we could discuss it a little bit more. Is the Bears at number seven and the Browns at number ten? Yeah, that's that's very, very shocking to me. You know, and going through, you know, what does shock me? is to see the Chiefs at number six. I mean, yeah. Tyreek Hill. Uh, no, yeah, I understand with the Tyreek Hill situation. Um, like, I understand that. But number eight, I, I just felt the media was so high on Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's willing to yeah. the next big thing. I'm not buying it just yet. Uh, but to see it eight, I would have thought they certainly would be above. No Oh, I'm 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 super surprised that my Colts are at number five. Like I I'll be honest, like I'm especially with uh with the news of Andrew Luck going down and might not play in week one. Um I am shocked they're at num- they're as high as number five. I'm shocked they're in the top ten. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And to be honest, I'm looking at the Raiders twenty-two. Um I mean the acquisition of Antonio Antonio Davis. I'm 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 uh, sorry. Antonio Brown. Yeah, so the addition of Antonio Brown, I'm expecting big things. Uh, I think Derek Carr has a lot to prove. Showing us something amazing, but we just haven't seen it two years straight. So that's something interesting. But that top 10, uh, I mean, I think we agree. The first three is 100%. I don't think I can disagree with the top three. The Rams, No, of course, we know. Not one bit. Switch to the number one. That's just my. That's just me. Uh, Chargers, look, I, look. I have a lot of respect for uh, Rivers, but the problem I have with the Chargers is, I, I Rivers. It's like the Atlanta Falcons. They choke every year. Every time it matters, yeah. they're never able to get over the hump. Uh, so, but the, enough, I can understand why they're at number four. I can certainly understand why. They certainly will be a a, a solid team. Um, Colts, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry that uh, McDaniels didn't want to come. And uh, unfortunately for you, I think you're going to have a lot of miserable years to come. That's just my take on it. But time to tell. But I think a big reason why we see them at seven is the defense. 
the defense will admit is very strong and very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I completely thought it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be many, many difficult years with luck at quarterback because of his injury problems. Again, like I said, he might not play week one. If he plays week one, okay, cool. We might actually make the playoffs again this year like they did last year. And maybe he's able to throw past 30 yards now with his, with his shoulder the way it is. But we'll see. It's so unpredictable going year by year. When is that shoulder going to blow? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And that's a big concern that, should be, that they should really should take seriously. But my, 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 my big question for you, though, and I, for, first of all, a touch point on that. Last year when they traded away the number five overall pick, yeah. uh, five overall, overall pick to go down to number 12, oh, trust me, I was pissed. I can only. I was like, you have a bonafide quarterback that might not be NFL ready just yet. If Luck comes back and is good for the next three years, cool. He could train him up. And who knows? He might not. He, he might end up being hurt after week four and never throw a football again. Hundred percent. No, I think I think you, you honestly have a, have a serious point. Honestly, he, he, listen. You know, as a Colts fan, of course. Now I see why you're you're calling me a bandwagon fan. As a Colts fan, you know the rivalry we've had over the years. Uh, the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, in the when you traded away Peyton Manning. Well, sorry, not traded away. When you let Payne Manning walk, then acquire the uh, entry up with the first with the first overall pick. I thought I thought this was your future, and I thought you guys were going yeah. to being an elite team. It really sucks his injury. Still, this day, I still say that Andrew, uh, what's called Robert Griffin, RG three, did not deserve yeah. that rookie year. I still think it should went to Andrew Luck. Uh, but it's really interesting to see him go down. It's one of those, especially what happened in the NBA. This, this, uh, it's re- it really sucks to see elite athletes not be able to reach their potential because of injuries. And exactly, see the competitor in me really hope that he can come back to his, uh, to his to his peak and really compete. I give you guys, you know, at least some uh, some memories because you're going to win nothing. For sure, for sure. Um, now, I want to get your opinion on the Bears and the Browns. Now, in my opinion, I think the re- only reason they're in the top 10 right now is because of um, – oh, what what's his name there? Um, the two quarter – what their names? The two quarterbacks, a one and two pick from last year's draft. You're there. talking about Menzel? Talking about Menzel, of course, for the Browns and uh, who's Prescott, right? Oh, sorry. You said yes. Yes. That's- no, 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 no. Um, you said Bears and who? Oh, you said Bears, right? Uh, Bears and Browns. Trubinsky, Bears and Browns. Trubinsky for the Browns, for the Bears, and and of course Menzel for for the Browns. Not Menzel. Menzel is Menzel is back in the CFL. You mean um um uh, um Christ? Ah, this is killing me. I can't believe I'm in two seconds. We need to. We may need to edit this out. Baker Mayfield, Christ, I can't remember. Mayfield. <laughs> no, I think we're gonna keep that in just because that's just so like what the fuck. So Baker, I think it's just because of Baker and uh, like you said, the quarterback for uh, the um, the Bears. Just because of them, they're two, the the picks from last year and how well they did last last year. That's the only reason they're in the top ten. Well, let me say this. 
you gotta you gotta keep in mind that the Browns, I believe they they took on Tyler right? And also yeah. with the, the with the acquisition of Odell Beckham Jr., you got you got true. That is true. I forgot they acquired Beckham. I forgot they uh, acquired OBJ. Exactly. So with that, you can understand why, but I do feel it's a lot of media hype. We'll and see exactly what that means. And of course, for the Bears, I think you 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 do forget who they have. They have a beast, a guy that I've came to respect. Khalil Mack has been a beast. That's true. And like the thing with Trubinsky, I'm still not sold on him, but he has done the job. He certainly has a lot of room for improvement, but he has done the job. And with such a solid defense, it really gives them that time and opportunity to really grow as a quarterback. Um, and I actually understand why the Bears are there. The Browns, I feel like more hyped than anything. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about, though, the ultimate fan base in the world, the Dallas Cowboys. What's your take on them at number nine? At number nine? Um, I mean, they're one of the best regular season teams. That's it. That's, that's all I could say. <laughs> they're the best regular season team. That's a nice take. That's I, a very I, I don't know what short, I, nice take. But... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like, uh, there, there's no playoff success there. There's absolutely none. Yeah. They are the best regular season team. They are the Washington. They are the old Washington Washington Capitals up until last year of the NFL. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, but you you have to say up until last year. But no, very good point. I don't really disagree with you at all. To be honest, it's one of these things where it really is. And and listen. I just find they are so delusional. Let's coach it. To step away as an owner, let someone manage the team. I do not believe it at all. No. I honestly, I just honestly do not think, honestly do not think Jason Garrett is the man for the job. I, and, and I'm sorry, I don't know the man to say. I just do not respect him as a coach. But also, you got to, I have to say, Ezekiel Elliott, great talent. I just do not trust him. I don't think he has the maturity. No. I don't think he has the maturity. The talent is certainly there. Uh, I just do not trust him to be the guy to take them over the hump. No, not at all. I don't. I don't either. I mean, I think Zeke has a great talent, has a great arm, but I mean, has has great wheels and everything like that. And I think Dak has a good arm and he's a great quarterback, but. I don't think that's a good enough core to get them past the hump. I don't think that's a uh, Manning and Harrison. I don't think that's a Brady and Gronk. I don't think that's a good tandem to bring you over the hump. Yeah, and it's sad because I feel like they were banking on this a lot. I feel like Jerry Jones is really banking on these two guys really being uh, being the core for the future. And I just don't think it'll be enough. I don't think it'll be enough. Uh, we're seeing one thing. We're seeing an NFL that's starting to have a bit more parity. We're seeing a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. We're seeing good teams fall down the following years. Um, I mean, let's not forget, they do have Amari Cooper. That was a good acquisition. And they are, that was, that was. Yeah, and they are bringing back their, uh, what's a, what's his name? Their, uh, their tight end. I like to call him Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, but, uh, 
It's a great guy. It's a, it's a great the the roster. I mean, four of the roster seems fine, but when you compare to other elite cores, I don't know if it matches up, and I feel like it's part of this like maybe this hype that like we're seeing from the Cleveland Browns. They do have yeah. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm not buying. I'm not buying it. I'm actually way more excited to see the Browns play than I am to see the Cowboys. Uh, and can't yep. wait for this season. For sure, I agree. I can't wait for the season. It's going to be a great season to watch. Um, I think there's finally going to be a new champion this year. I mean, I I think someone's going to finally dethrone uh, the the Patriots in the AFC. I don't think the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. I'll be honest with you. I'm sorry, Worry. I know you don't want to hear this, but I think their I, I think their time is done. I think. Uh, Kansas City and Mahomes is going to be able to to go through. I think the Rams are going to be able to go through. Um, I I think there's actually enough teams in the AFC to dethrone the Patriots right now. Because looking at that top ten, I I I could definitely see the Patriots fall. Uh, listen, I'm first of all, I just want to make this point. As a Patriots fan, we love hearing this type of stuff. So I I'm not mad at you one bit, to be honest. Uh, I don't want to hear it. Truthfully, I've been hearing it for the last 10 years, and you guys keep being wrong. Um, I agree with you. There's a lot, a lot. You're just looking at that top 10. There's a lot of competition. The Rams, I uh, love their coach. I think he's one of the greatest. Sean McVay, one of the greatest minds in the game. So young, so much more time to go, so much more to learn. I think that Super Bowl is, he's going to learn so much from it. Uh, the one concern that I have, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, diagnosed yeah. with arthritis at this young of an age, that is very worrisome. Yeah. Uh, and I know they have some; they still have some decisions to make from the roster standpoint. Uh, I'm not fully sold on Jared Goff, so that's something else. And and to be honest, one problem with your argument is you keep forgetting. It's not about the ageless wonder, Tom Brady. Who's clearly being all the time, right? It's not about yeah. who I'm very happy for. It's not about Edelman, and you know what it's about—the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick. And the one thing Bill has, the one thing Bill has proven to me this Super Bowl is that coaching really matters. Like I don't think hundred percent expected that game to, to the outcome of the game to be what it was, and the win the four. For him to outcoach McVay the way he did, when we all thought the Rams had was the better defensive team, and we clearly I played them one hundred percent. Clearly, I played them on the defensive. He is one of the best accomplishments Bill Belichick has done, and we will see because I think we'll bring this debate for another time. You know, is it Bill or is it Brady? I still don't know the. Oh, that's. I, I, we'll we'll have this debate another time. We'll definitely have this debate another time. Um. All right, so let's move on from the from the power rankings in the NFL here. Actually, before we actually move on from that, I want to hear your non biased prediction for who's going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Ooh. Now, uh, I I want to hear what you want to who you got in the Super Bowl this year. Um, whew, that's actually a good question. So I'll say this. Um. In the NFC, I will go with the Saints. Uh, I think, I think having the consistency of uh, the sorry. Before I even say this, 
Kamara for the Saints. We have been sleeping on this guy. How great oh, is yeah. he? He is so good, and I expect him to take his game up to another level. Uh, having the 100% in the leadership of Drew Brees there is something great. We saw how well they played that second half of the, of the regular season, how well they played in the playoff. Uh, we all know about that, that controversial call. Um, so, mm-hmm. to me, so to me, of course, they keeping the leadership at the, at the head coaching position. To me, the Saints is the team in the NFC. Listen, I, I, I kind of want to say the Chiefs, but I'm not one of those people that buy into a, one great year. We saw Philadelphia beat the Patriots last year. Where were they this year? Yeah. Right? I mean, we can yeah. were one catch. Injuries, injuries, injuries. You got you got to attribute some of that to injuries. They had a lot of injuries this year. I think they lost maybe what was it? 46 man uh man games to injuries last year. I, I don't accept that argument for the simple fact that the year they won the Super Bowl, they dealt with a lot of injuries and it was next man up mentality and they played great. And I tell people mm-hmm. all the time, they deserve that Super Bowl. I honestly never thought we stood a chance to win that Super Bowl. The fact it was that close is just a testament to Belichick and Brady. We should have lost this game easily. Um, so that's where I stand on that. I'm not fully buying on Philly and uh, and Carson Wentz. I don't think Carson Wentz is the guy we taking him out. Um, no. And I know it's going to sound very biased. I'm tempted to go with my Patriots because the truth is, know what to expect from the Patriots and yeah. towards the end of the season even without Gronk in the top 10 you're still going with it without Gronk oh yes yes because this is what people don't realize Gronk made the big plays when we needed and I'll be frank a lot of them pretty much won us the games and, but the truth is Gronkowski was a shell of himself this year it, it, honestly if we were to look at Gronkowski this year you, he wouldn't have a case for Hall of Fame. We know what is accomplished yeah. in his career, but this year certainly doesn't validate that Hall of Fame. He was, I don't want to say terrible, but he was a shell of himself. Part of it is part of the game plan of Belichick, uh, which, which was very genius of him. Um, a lot of people, Patriots fan, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm really happy. I'm really happy for that Gronkowski retired. Uh, Lord knows what yeah. this man must be dealing with. Uh, so back again to what I say, the NFC, it's the Saints. Second close, I would say the Rams. Uh, listen, I really love Sean McVay. I think it's amazing. Uh, but if I'm looking at the NFC, and I feel like I'm buying into the whole hype of the Chiefs, if not for that, I think I'm going to throw the Bears in there. I love their defense, led by Khalil Mack. I think Khalil Mack himself has a bigger impact than a quarterback, than any quarterback. I think his defense is so good that he has a bigger impact than a quarterback. For sure, for sure. Um, all right. So who, who are your two picks then? Two official picks right on the board right now. All right. I have to say I'm Kings. And you know what? Fuck it. Sorry. I, I'm sorry, man, but I got to go Patriots. I, and honestly, this is my objective view. It's just because I'm, okay. I'm not buying in the other two two teams that I mentioned. Sounds good. Um, I've got – I'm sorry. I'm going Kansas City. Um, I can't I can't for the, for the right of me go for the Patriots again, um, I, although that we all know that they're going to be there. Wonder but why. I'm going Kansas City. I think they're going to – I think they're going to – 
go over the hump. I like it. I like them um, as a team. They're good. And I'm going with the – I'm actually going Rams. Yeah. I actually think the Rams will be able to get, to, to do it. It's a good – I, I like your prediction. It's really – I think both our predictions is not a bad one. Uh, I'm just a bit concerned. I know the Rams are going to lose a couple key players in their roster uh, because of salary cap issues. Uh, but again, yeah. good luck, Sean McVay. And I, I definitely understand your For sure. Uh, right here. Um, thanks for uh, joining me on my podcast. Um, it was fantastic. Everyone out there listening, uh, give uh, my boy Roy a follow on Twitter um, at, war, at war underscore I. Um, and uh, tell them about uh, where they can find your podcast as well. So my podcast is out now. Now you can find it on Anchor. You can also find it on Spotify or Google Podcasts. Uh, it's a play on words. It's Let's Talk Shh. Sports. Uh, the shoe is S. Uh, follow me. Got a couple of uh, very good episodes. Uh, me and me. We can my morning talks where you guys join me on my morning ride and I discuss the latest news in the world of sports and, and I do have a couple episodes where I'm either debating or well really I should say dominating debate like I just did with Justin uh, but I have a good one where I'm debating the case for Kyle Lowry for Hall of Fame uh, check it out let me know what you think Justin thanks again for inviting me I'll be sure to return the favor uh, sometime soon and with football coming you know we have more to talk about Oh, for sure. I do want to touch on a record that is uh, a matter of debate, but we got uh, we don't have enough time to get into that. Uh, so thanks for uh, joining us, guys. Um, and I hope you guys have a wonderful day.